everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing, New Year'sing. This is our New Year's week episode. Yeah, this will come out on the Monday before the, what date? This is coming out the 30th. Yeah, the, the day after this is New Year's Eve. Yeah. If you haven't already uh, done This it, is the last 60 Cycle Home episode of the decade, Steve. Oh, my gosh. It's not because this isn't the new decade yet. Uh, you're doing that zero versus one thing? I think it's funny to think about, but I don't care. Um, it is whatever people say it is. I am. Whatever you... Anyway, I was going to say... is uh, I, I don't think these glasses are really ideal for Belgian pours for They're what not. it's worth. They're not. Oh, Whatever. There's still a lot left in here. I got a lot of foam here. Here, talk, give me some more too. All right. This might be a drink episode. I mean, Steve already did a couple drinks earlier, but I might get into it. I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year! Uh, first, this ad. is a Delirium Tremens. This is a great Belgian ale. It's family brewed since 1654, so that makes them a vintage company. Sure. Antique. <laughs> An antique company. <laughs> um, anyway, what I was going to say hey, is big, New Year's. Big thanks to our Patreons for uh, sending us beer money. We bought a lot of beer yeah. a while back ago for the show. Uh, if you're just waiting for that ball to drop on New Year's Eve and you want something nice and cozy uh, to watch while you're waiting because you're not really into the Dick Clark thing, mm. uh, pull up the uh, guitar burning video. Oh, yeah. And then shoot some cashola over to our GoFundMe. We're up to 400. We had someone donate right 100 today. Yeah, I don't know who. Someone, uh, thanks, Sean. Uh, which Sean it is, I have no idea, but thanks, yeah, we, Sean. we set up a Go, GoFundMe link to that Fireplace Yule guitar video uh, for uh, Guitars for Vets, a charity a lot of people have suggested to us over the years. So we're happy to finally throw oh, some money their way. It was uh, Sean from Gun Street. Oh, awesome. Who's sure I just happen to be wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> not even planned. I swear it was not planned. I'm wearing a shirt my wife gave me for Christmas. I don't oh, remember. so you did get some gr- guitar related. I uh, did get some guitar stuff for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? I can't read it from here. I know. World's okayest guitar player. Yeah, that's that's about right. <laughs> she know she knows. <laughs> it's got some messages on it. There's no uh, there's no fooling her. She doesn't think that I'm the best guitar player in the world or anything. Uh, first ad. This yeah. might be, this show might be a little bit loose because uh, we just feel like being loose for New Year's Eve. This is a way to go. We usually run a pretty tight ship around here. Let's have some fun, guys. Uh, this is... <laughs> we run a tight ship. All right. This uh, first ad was sent in by both the Inboxer and James Alvarez, so we knew we had to do it. This is a 1972 Gibson ES-335 Walnut owned by Kermit Stokes, Milwaukee blues legend. Is Mil- When do you think of the blues, where does Milwaukee fall on your list of blues cities? I'd say it's more bluesy than San Diego. In my vague, like, not informed impression of it. <laughs> Like, if someone says to me, hey, Milwaukee Blues, I'm not going to be like, hey, that's BS. If someone comes to me and be like, oh, you got to check out the San Diego Blues scene, I'd be like, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be completely legitimate. <laughs> I'm sure there's great blues players here, but I don't know. Milwaukee Blues just sounds better to me. I mean, if you Google this guy, Kermit Stokes, um, it does come. There is an article from well, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I looked him up. He died uh, 
in uh, December 2019. Yeah. Recently passed away. Yeah. Wow. So someone is selling his guitar, perhaps a family member, and they want $3,600 for it. And this is a very customized, very personalized instrument. Apparently, this guy was a big deal in the local scene, like everyone knew who he was. Yeah. It says, uh, these old blues guys playing down here and they're playing the real shit and you should go. Whoa. That's what this article says. Um, so yeah, he was a, he was one of the guys that it seemed like anybody who was in the, that music scene knew who he was, which right. is cool. And, uh, consider myself, uh, educated. <laughs> We've learned everything we can about this well, guy. I'm saying like, at least like of the idea that like, that like if you, you or I die at any point in the next 40 or 50 years. It's I, never going to happen. The newspaper, like the local newspaper is going to be like local podcasting legends. Oh my gosh, shut up. <laughs> the like, newspaper. No, nobody's going to care. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. Lo local YouTube legend, Ryan Burr. <laughs> well, what we have here is a very personalized 1972 Gibson ES335. Uh, it's got rhinestones, bedazzling. Uh, it all over the place. It has a triple A sticker in between the pickups. Um, it's got rhinestones on the headstock as well. And this thing's very well worn in. Like it looks like he's played this guitar only for a number of years. So I'm not going to say since 72, he might've bought it used like anyone else, but it definitely uh, has its battle scars on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think the going rate is for this year of 335? In cherry condition or in decent normal condition, like four to five. That's I feel like that's my would is my issue right off the bat with this is I feel like thirty six hundred. Do you think that's high or low? I think for the condition it's high. Okay, but I think. You I know, mean, those, maybe... are, those rhinestones are are removable. They're uh, they're adhesive. They might leave some sort of you know dimple in the finish when you remove them if they've been on there for a decade or something. But. uh I think they're removable. I think you could refinish this guitar, but yeah, that does affect the value. But you want to do that work? Yeah, here's no, a, I don't. Here's a Gibson ES335 TD Ice T finish, 1971-1972 for four thousand. Here's a seventy-two with the trapeze. Is this the trapeze? This is the trapeze model. Yeah. So it's the same cherry red for five thousand. Here's somebody trying to sell one for a eleven thousand. So I mean, I guess the prices I see them up and down. Here's one for three thousand. I feel so it's like actually priced lower. If if they're if they can catch a, a buyer who's familiar with Kermit Stokes and has some nostalgia for him, I feel like this price is fair. But I feel like they're averaging against with with that with that in mind. I think they're averaging against what this is actually worth, which is probably closer to three even. Right. And maybe they would take that as an offer. I don't know. Sure. The cheapest walnut on Reverb right now is twenty nine ninety five. Yeah. So and that's only looking for nineteen seventy twos. Sure, sure. So there could be like other years around there. And I really don't think that the personalization of this guitar is permanent damage. What like about that triple A sticker? That'll come off with some goo gone. I just, you don't think so? No, I I don't have a take. It'll, you're probably right. It'll, they'll probably all come off. 
they're, they, my concern is one that they would be old enough that they're going to actually take chunks of the finish with it. No, I, th- I think that is a, a real possibility, but then you're going to have like a cigarette burn kind of look left behind. But it's going to be like dots all over it. And sure, it's not and like there's a some, there's some other like natural relicing going sure. on here, little dings, uh, chips in the finish around the binding and stuff like that. I thought this, uh, this little connector here to hold the uh, pick card up was interesting. I've never seen this style. A connector. Can you see this over here on my iPad? It's just a, a a plate with a bolt through it, and it's not connected to the pick guard at all. It's just a place for the pick guard to rest on. That's kind of interesting to me. I've never seen that piece of hardware. Yeah, and I'm looking at other ones, and it looks like that's that's the design. Like that's Is an that original. I mean, I'm seeing it as an. I'm seeing it on other ones on reverb. This bridge is aftermarket, right? I haven't seen this bridge before. Yeah, I think the bridge is aftermarket, um, but kind of hard to say. I mean, look at this thing. I've never seen that on a, on a Gibson before. Oh, yeah. The, okay, yeah, never mind. The bridge is way <laughs> I was looking at a side, uh, side shot of it. I don't know. This guy seems like people liked him. I don't feel like the price is that crazy. Um, I mean, people shopping for these sorts of things are already expecting to pay a few thousand dollars. If, uh, I mean, I'm just thinking if, like, if they want to own a piece of local, you know, music history, then this is it. Right. And I could see like somebody going and reading the story and being like, wow, this guy was really cool. Uh, you know, big piece of that music scene, you know, this is being sold, uh, on behalf of the family, uh, you know, in the in the wake of his passing. So, you know, maybe you're like, you know, I want one of these things. I don't mind paying the extra. But I don't know. Like, it, it's there's also kind of like that part of me that's like, well, if I'm just going to get this and then there's no way I w- would want to play this out without like a full uh, workover of the instrument, then it's like, do I really even, right. you know, want to do hey, that? You're buying this to work it over and bring it closer to stock. Then you're probably wanting to pay twenty five, but I'm saying like even that like, sure yeah I mean there's that like I said there's one on on reverb for like three thousand right that's in not be dazzled I'm also I'm also having the thought that like if there was a buyer who is just super hot for Kermit Stokes memorabilia. Mm-hmm. They would probably be a regular in whatever bar or scene that he plays in, and they would pro- he would probably the family would already be in contact with that person, possibly. Yeah. Versus posting this on Reverb, which is a you know a national audience where people aren't familiar with that person, like it would be sold locally fairly quickly if that was what was going on. I don't know. Oh, interesting. So apparently, like, he, uh, I'm reading through and trying to, like, uh, trying to, like, apparently at one point he was, like, they, they, uh, the, one of the guitar players for the Greg Allman brand, Greg Allman band tried to recruit this guy. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, did not, did not work. Um, because he didn't want to leave Milwaukee. Like, he was just oh, wow. like, I'm just a local musician. I don't want to tour. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Uh, he's collaborated with the bass player from the Violent Femmes. So, I mean, there's definitely some connection there. Sure, sure. 
I mean, um, he has some history to him. I think this bench test report, which is in the ad, is pretty interesting. Uh, a luthier went through the guitar and, and recorded a bunch of information. This says it's in 1975. He might have read that five wrong as a two. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, the, the weight doesn't matter. They've got the weight in ounces. They've got the nut width down to, you know, a tenth of a decimal or a hundredth of a decimal. Um, really accurate uh, measurement of the neck. It says good. The neck is good. <laughs> um, net, uh, neck depth at first fret and at 12th fret. Truss rod works. Uh, this is interesting. They took uh, measurements of the pickups. So the neck is 7.4K. Mm-hmm. And the bridge is 7.52. I feel like that's pretty low output, isn't it? Is that normal for a humbucker? For a path? Yeah, for norm- like a path? They're norm- normally around eight or under. For like a path? Yeah. I think that's uh, normal. You pronounce Seven. it path? I always go for PAF. I'm just being lazy. <laughs> I like it. Well, there's that. What do you guys think? Tell us in the comments. Uh, if anything, it might. I'm, I'm looking right now. On Wikipedia, yeah, they're saying early PAFs from fifty-six to sixty-one were like seven and a half to nine and a half, and then from sixty-one to sixty-five they were seven point two five to seven seventy-five, and from I feel like seven and a half to nine and a half is a pretty big jump. Yeah, that's a really broad range. I think the classic one is like in that seven to seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what you that's what you want. Like that's if you got you if you got a that's nine and a half, and all the others were seven and a half you were probably like whoa this is a hot guitar this guitar's got kick is that your hot guitar song steve what is, is going now. what is going on i think i'm gonna gamble and say that our new year's eve episode is probably gonna be the least listened to just because of people are doing other stuff you think so yeah i think even against christmas like christmas is is rough yeah, for people for listening to podcasts, they're not going to work, they're not doing stuff. I feel like New Year's Eve is kind of the same territory. Maybe I'm wrong. Prove us wrong, guys. Listen to this episode a lot. Um, what's new, dude? Uh, I got some stuff. You got some stuff? Yeah. Hold on. Tell me about the stuff you got, Steve. Uh, uh I got this in the Inner Circle Secret Santa. I've. I've Unfortunately, didn't get in that soon enough. For shame. I didn't get to do it this year. This Sorry, is guys. a bright pink. I don't. Are all of these bright pink? Yeah, that's the look. This is the yellow cake petal psychotropia. I got to I got to play around with that thing at Summer Nam. I remember it being really wacky and really it is fun. A um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a resonant. It's like a resonant filter shift, like pitch shifty. Yeah, but it does it like. Like in not so the rate basically, or you can like tap it in. So if you tap in like da 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 da, it's gonna be like it's a weird one. So it's like and like the glide knob, you can change with the glide knob like so how like, how hard that is. Um, the resonance, like if you make it like a lower resonance, it'll be like the resonance and glide can kind of affect that smoothness. If you take the resonance and like turn it to maximum. And then you hit the string at the exact same time, like that filter yeah. is switching. It just like fuzzes out like crazy. Um, there's definitely some like really cool, unique modulation sounds in here where it's like, oh, 
ah, I want something modulated, but like I'm really tired of like chorus or phaser or whatever. Like you can definitely get some like really cool sounds in here. Or like I said, you crank that resonance all the way up. Now you're just making wackadoodle noises. It's it's super cool. What else you get? Um, the other one I got did is, you do uh, two Secret Santas? Is I talk, that no, did? this is uh, one I bought. I talked about it. Oh, okay. Uh, last episode actually, uh, and that's the Like My Pedals K2. Um, this is the one I was saying I got because it's the uh, the new artwork, which is like '90s throwback. It's Saved by the Bell artwork or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> no, that's accurate. I forget um, what that style of art is called. There's a technical term for it, but. Uh, one thing, uh, so it's really cool. It's got, like I said, it's got uh, a bass boost knob. I mentioned that last time. That's not a knob. That's a switch. They're switch. It's got a toggle for silicon, mythical, or modern uh, sounds. It's got some knobbies to turn here. The smooth knob is like it's like the bass version of a presence knob. Oh, so okay. instead of being typically presence is like a high mid sweep. Um, the smooth knob is more of like, it feels more like of a low mid sweep. Mm. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more stuff with it. I've just been messing around with it here, messing around with it at home a, a bit as well. Yeah. It sounded decent here. It sounded um, like that kind of like, like creamy clon sort of. Yeah. And you know, the one thing I will say with this is, booster to sound. is usually with like everything with clons. And when I, when I had the KTR, people were like, I was like saying like, oh, this or that or whatever about the sound. And people were like. Oh, you're running the gain wrong. Like you, your gain should definitely not be like higher than twelve o'clock. I've had this thing up to with the gain maybe to like two o'clock, and it sounds really good. Like yeah, as yeah. like just like a straight ahead, like drivey. People say all sorts of stuff I about clones. I, I like to run a little bit. Uh, I, I like to run a clone a little bit hot. You know, it doesn't have to just be a clean boost. Yeah, put a little dirt on there. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's not you know, it's not known for its dirt sounds as a circuit. But the dirt sounds are fine. Yeah. Run that dirt if you want. So, like, the Psychotropia, I want to figure out how to work it onto my board because I just, like, it's so wacky. Like, I just want to make it work. Uh, the K2, I think, is going to go pretty much straight onto my board. Sure, like, sure. I think I can. Yeah, I can... you got to find the right moment to use that Psychotropia for sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think if I can get it dialed in smooth enough, it could just be, like, my good-to-go <laughs> uh, drive pedal. That delirium Or not drive stuff. pedal. Uh, good-to-go, like... Uh, modulation pedal. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. You know what? Oh, what's new with you, Ryan? <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know what's new with I, me? I was uh, hoping you'd ask. Steve. Do, uh, but... Well, the, the last time I oh when I played the Christmas Excuse service me. at my church, the uh, the Christmas Eve service, uh-huh. uh, I was going to play three services, which I did, uh, all Christmas music, of course. And I don't usually play three services. I usually play two services. And I usually play early in the morning, and these were like afternoon services. I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself for Christmas. I'm going to bring three guitars and play a different guitar each service. What? I know, right? Crazy. (laughs) So what I brought was uh, the uh, Harmony Silhouette, Mm -hmm. my Fender Flying V parts guitar that I put together, yeah, and my Squire Telecaster with three humbuckers in it, right. and so I had two like goldish guitars and a red guitar, and they looked really nice against the Christmas tree <laughs> that I was standing next to on the stage. Um, and it was re- it was interesting because the uh, the sound guy started to like get excited about it and tell me about what he thought about each guitar uh-huh. after each service. And after the first two services, he was like, 
The, the Telecaster sounded all right, but that V really cut through the mix. And then I was, after he told me that, I was like, I got to know what he thinks about the harmony. I'm going to play the right. harmony the last service. And he came up to me and he's like, yeah, that V, I really like the way the V cut through the mix. is <laughs> really, really uh, like sharp, like cutting sound. But when you started playing the harmony, like I tweaked this on the EQ and I did this and it just sounded really, really nice. Cool. It sounded so good. So that's the way I felt too. Like when I got to the harmony, I was like, this is the one that is, you know, yeah. my Christmas treat right now. This one feels great and sounds great. So I'm, I'm glad that someone else in the building was listening and paying attention and had an opinion on it. Thankfully it was your sound guy. I know. Right. Uh, my father-in-law made a comment. I don't know if it was on the Instagram where you posted that picture or where it was, but he was saying like that he really liked the, the red Telecaster. The red Telecaster is definitely a lot but, like, of fun. Just looking at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to be disappointed when he like goes to like guitar center or whatever and finds out that it only has two pickups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I modified that one. But yeah, I had a lot of fun playing that V too. It's definitely like super sharp and cutting through the mix. Uh, very twangy, very bright sounding guitar. Uh, I mean, that's what you get when you get a V body with single coils. <laughs> but uh, I had a lot of fun playing with it. And I, I need to get that guitar out of the house more. And I need to get the silhouette out of the house more. That harmony is, is super fun. And apparently, uh, maybe I need to dial in the Telecaster a little bit better. I think as long as there's I not mean, something to compare it to. Then it's fine. It it could very much just be from like a uh from a sound. Where is where's your V at? Oh, it's in the case in, okay. in the living room. Uh, it could just be from like a sound perspective that the what are the humbuckers in the Squire? Are they the stock humbuckers? There's plus? two stock humbuckers, and then there's a Seymour Duncan uh, in the, SB in the or, middle. In the in the bridge. Oh, is it JB? JB, maybe I don't remember. Uh, it came out of the Cower Titan. And it was not so a Seth. J- he, usually, he usually uses Seth lovers, but it wasn't a Seth lover. Interesting. Lover. Okay. It was something else. Um, so the thing is, is I, what I was going to say is maybe it's really just a preference for single coil pickups over yeah, like maybe. humbuckers. Is, well, the, the, is the, the Harmony humbuckers? No, they're mini buckers. So they're, so they're, yeah, so they're going to be a little brighter. Yeah, yeah. For, but they're going to be humbuckers. I right? have coil cuts on the Telecaster, which I was using. Fairly often, but maybe it was so. Maybe it would, you were like under outputting. Maybe I don't know, but I had a great time and I want to do it again. I just don't want to do it on a regular Sunday morning when I wake up early and right. right. I'm feeling wrecked hauling all that gear. Yeah. Uh, what, so what was that all about? Because you posted about the three guitars, and then you posted something about like, oh, it's so early. I had to- well, that was the Sunday morning service before the Christmas oh, Eve okay. service, and they had us come in a half hour earlier. To learn some songs because we didn't get to have a rehearsal. Gotcha. Um, I don't think I've played uh, at church since like October. Oh, geez. Uh, Just because like basically every single time I've been on the schedule to play, I've been working. Yeah. It's been pretty crazy. Sunday's the only only day of the week I have to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) So it's always pretty rough on me to have to be at church. At seven, right, and then they made it six thirty that day, Yeesh. and it just took it out of me. Man. I haven't had to, I haven't had to be on site before eight o'clock in years. Yeah, I'm jealous about that. Man, it's rough getting up early to be there at seven. I must like doing it because I'm definitely not getting paid. 
All right, you ready to hit the sponsor spot? You got anything yeah, else? Yeah, hit me with a sponsor spot. All right, this week's first sponsor is Diderio. Uh, this week, uh, Diderio would like us to talk about the Diderio Planet Waves oh Horn Master software for Palm OS. Uh, this is $15 at Guitar Center, and uh, it contains more than 4,000 chord voicings, excellent for beginning through advanced guitars. Intuitive menus help you easily navigate through the entire chord library. This is the sound of us losing our sponsor. Convenient installation software displays all chords for both right and left-handed musicians. It's about the size of a large wallet. Hold on, this guy's... How does... <laughs> This guy's wallet is definitely. It's a, no, does he have a Steve? Does he have a large wallet not, or a tiny hand? They're not selling the Palm Pilot. This is the software that goes with the Palm Pilot. For for some reason, what this I is thought an, you at least got the Palm Pilot. This, no, this is a sponsorship wrapped in an ad because someone posted this to the group, and I'm sure it was a fine product. I'm sure it was a wonderful product, but I don't understand why it's for still for sale through Guitar Center. Does anybody but, own a Palm 7? Only if they're buying it at a garage sale or something. I mean, oh it, sounds, it sounds like a great product that would have been awesome like in that time. But I think we're at least two decades out from that at this point, right? It's been a long time since people use Palm Pilots. Ryan, this will display all chords for both right and left-handed musicians. It says... More than 4,000 chord voicings. I didn't know there were that many chords. I know, like... Maybe 48 chords. I know, like, seven. <laughs> We're both very far away from 4,000 chord voicings. So, anyways, You know who knows all the chord voicings? Who? Inventor. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, In bro. Hi, Inventor is a uh, frequent visitor of our video premieres and a, uh, a fun character, to say the least. Uh, no, but for real, this video is sponsored by uh, Diderio. We're talking they've been about making the, great, uh, they've been making great stuff forever. Yeah, uh, but this was this was sure I'm sure a fantastic product when it came out in 1997. I just you can't find and where do you find a Palm Seven? I don't know to run the software on anymore. I mean, if if there's a if there's a secret, you know, like club of people who are Palm Seven enthusiasts out there, it's probably smart that Guitar Center is still selling this software. $15 software for the Palm 7 enthusiasts. The Palm 7 uh, was released in May 1999. The CPU is the Motorola Dragon Ball. That's fun. 16 megahertz. Has 2 megabytes RAM. Right now, we have a listener. Who, it's, it's running on two AAA batteries. We have one listener, at least, who is a Palm Pilot nerd. And they are rock hard right now. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about their other hobby. <laughs> oh, boy. Do we want to talk about the topic? Uh, I thought we were going to do a real sponsor spot for them. Okay, but... let's do a real sponsor spot for them. Right. You, you laid on them. Uh, I'm going to get another beer. Yeah, get me another one, too. All right. Uh, this uh, Our real sponsor spot for Diderio is for the uh, Diderio XT string. Uh, XT? I don't know why I always forget the name. Oh, it's right here in front of me. Uh, the Dodero XT string takes the technology from the NYXL, that fusion twist, that carbon fiber steel, and it mixes it with a super slim. Uh, you should just get two of those. Drink one for yourself. Um, a super slim coating, and it just 
man, it's it says extended life, natural feel, and I gotta say, it's got both of those things. Um, I always joke around that uh, Ryan's guitars all rust super hard because he plays them, but it's not a joke; it's real. Um, I got bad sweat, guys, and he put these on this strat like a month and a half ago, and it's still chugging along just great. Chugging, chugging, chugging. Sounds fantastic. Oh, you're still finishing that beer. Yeah. Apparently, we're doing our own personalized bottles of Dragon's Milk here. So anyway, go check out uh, D'Addario. Uh, go see all of their strings. But, I mean, I I think if you try out the XT, you're going to love them. Yeah, yeah. I know I do. I love D'Addario. I don't know what to do with all my like regular XLs at home now because now I just want to play XTs all the time. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'm going to drink some of this beer. Do I pour it out? Yeah, this is a pourer. We're no, doing it. you don't drink that from a bottle, man. We're doing a drink episode. What's wrong with you? Who knows? Maybe it'll turn into a drunk episode. It's been a long time since we did a drunk episode. I feel we did a we did one like two years ago, right around this time of year, and uh, it was so bad. We did a couple drunk episodes in a row. It was so bad. People complained about it on our iTunes reviews. Oh yeah, so uh, they go- were in January too. Everyone, go to our iTunes reviews. We basically did an entire year with no drunk episodes. <laughs> yeah, because it, it damaged us so deeply. Yeah. Go to our iTunes reviews and uh, give us some good ones so that people don't think we're alcoholics. All right, so this first topic is what gear trends need to be left in 2019? Resin Rivers. Ooh. <laughs> That's my initial reaction right off the bat. Um, phasers? Yeah. I mean, 2019 was the year of the phaser. Let's and leave I that think we can just leave that... In the past. I don't want to hear about phasers anymore. Mm. What else you got? That's a good beer. Podcasts? Don't, make, podcasts a, are don't dumb. make new podcasts, no more, guys. No more guitar podcasts in 2020. There's enough. Yeah. If you see someone starting a guitar podcast in 2020, laugh in their face. It's over, guys. Call out culture. I'm over call out culture. Mm-hmm. Did I'm you write a bunch of- down? No. I'm just saying things. You mean like videos that? That's like, not a gear trend. It's more of like a just a general trend. But I've seen I'm seeing it more and more pop up into gear culture, where like my mic keeps falling. That's a that's a call out. I'd maybe like your to make. mic stand's been drinking, getting sloppy. Possibly, um, but I've just been seeing more and more videos pop up where it's like, oh, this guy hurt my feelings. It's like, man, we're all people. Get over it. Yeah. Also, it's like. My feelings hurt all the time. <laughs> Whose fault is that? I don't know who to blame. <laughs> it sounds like maybe you have fibromyalgia. <laughs> Everything hurts. <laughs> um, no, I, I, you know. <sighs> I don't know. I think I'm fine with some things getting called out. Like, there's definitely, there's definitely, I'm not saying like. But I think when it's done for sport, then it's super annoying. When it's, right. when it's done like, hey, guys, this thing happened. This sucks, and I don't like this. And it's like something someone's actually going through. Like, I thought it's real. But when it's like, let's see who we can expose now because this is our hobby. I think that sucks. Right. It's also just like, you know, when you see that and you're, it's like whether or not there's uh, some honesty to it, when it feels like. It's just being done because it's like I'm gonna try to coat, like ride the negative coattails of a person. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just weird. Uh, it's also like sometimes, like I think we need to recognize 
This is the wrong way to use this cup, but I don't care the, right now. No, that's the right way to use it. To fill it all the way to the top? Yeah. Damn, I didn't know. I thought you had to leave some air in there so no. you can sniff from the bulb or whatever. You can still sniff. Um, <laughs> sniff from the bowl. That's what you're gonna bowl, be do- that's what you're gonna be doing after this, sniffing no, from the no. bowl. Uh the other thing it's like it got me thinking about this is I was reading a piece and I, then I talked at length uh, to uh, my wife about it is the Peloton ad. Though the the we best, are fully the best, off topic the best now. clapback of that is the so the guy who plays the husband in the Peloton ad basically people were trying to quote cancel him. Oh my gosh! Right, like the idea. That like he's an actor. He is a terrible person for being this the, playing the role of husband. Now the best clapback of it is apparently he bought his real life girlfriend a Peloton for Christmas, <laughs> uh, and uh, she seemed well, yeah, moderately he's, excited he's about it. He's got that Peloton money. Also, now. like he is an actor, and his girlfriend is some looked like she was trying to be a model. So it, I guess it made sense. I don't Steve know. Steve is looking at pictures of these people. They, I mean, it was like it was a story, but it's like more than I, <laughs> it was it, a story. In that case, Steve. it was like it was like it, it was funny. And the, my favorite comment on it is like, we want to go after the Peloton guy for being like an asshole husband in a 60 second Internet commercial. But Brian Cranston does like eight freaking seasons of a guy who's manufacturing and selling drugs. And he's the greatest freaking oh actor gosh. of the decade. My takeaway from those Peloton commercials is that, like, okay, that's cool. She's, like, vlogging her exercise or whatever. But then, like, the last shot is her playing a thank you message on her vlog on the TV for her husband that he gave her, or boyfriend or whatever, that he gave her the Peloton. And that's just super annoying. It's weird. Like, if my wife was like, honey, I want to show you something. It's my vlog on the TV where I thank you for buying me an exercise bike. I'd be like, okay, we, we, need, we need to talk. Like, you, you need to chill out about this exercise bike. Like, I know I gave it to you. I know you're excited about it. <laughs> this is, like, and this vlog thing, this is weird. You can just talk to me. You don't have to vlog to me. So I think that's a thing, though. I will say, like, I think that's a Peloton thing. To vlog? Yeah. I don't know about, like, uh, full-on vlogging like that, but, like, because... noxious. I think I know at least one. Well, from we... So, from someone who's has made a big part of their <laughs> life to freaking record every piece of guitar equipment that passes through my fingers, vlogging yourself exercising every day is obnoxious. Well, I th- that's what I'm saying. I think, like, Peloton is designed to be a social community like that. Because I know we have one mutual friend who's a Peloton user, and I see him all of the time on like Instagram, being like, "Who's taking this class? With, who's taking this class this morning?" Or is, like, is a Peloton user anything like a Force user? I wish. <laughs> uh, Peloton users, let us know if you have any uh, extra like powers beyond like the normal five senses. Uh, we would very much like to know. I'd be afraid if Peloton users got powers because those people are not obnoxious, as far as I can tell. I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's a, there's, there's a built-in social aspect to. I can't believe we're 20 that. years into the year 2000 and we're talking about freaking exercise bikes. It's not an exercise bike, man. It's it's better than an exercise bike. It's an exercise bike with a TV duct taped to it. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, I, I would just say like it's an advanced exercise bike. So any other uh, gear stuff you want to leave in 2019? <laughs> Let's leave that um, in the past. Hindsight is 2019. Well, Foresight I, is 2020. I Let's think uh, amp modelers we can leave in the past because Strymon is uh, ended that. It's all iridium now. It's uh, it's all there. There can only be iridium. Uh, you know, what? I, headphone I, amps we can leave that in the past now because Boss has ended that. I'm always uh, I'm always curious to see. I want to I want to know what the line is going to be at Nam to just wear check the out those headphones. Freaking headphones! I want to try them. That's for sure. Uh, I'm always curious to find out what people... Are you going to hold a microphone? Put a microphone between your ear? No, that's stupid. <laughs> that's the thing. There's no way to demo that product. Other no, than to say, like, oh, I like it. You need two headphones. Well, was there a YouTube channel that actually got, like, the bioral headphone or the bioral microphone and put the headphone, like, on the mic? I'm sure there was, but if there isn't, that's genius. You should get it. Put the two, micro- two of the microphones here. Put the headphones on it like this. Right, right. It's still not go. really going to show you what's going on. It'll show on. you exactly what's oh my going gosh. on. Ryan. What was I trying to say before you rudely interrupted me, Steve? Something dumb. Yeah, something really dumb. Oh, I'm always interested to find out what people have to say about the products I've demoed when they get them. Right. And a lot of people are like saying, oh my gosh, Steve, drink over here, dripping that last <laughs> drop in there. People are saying the same stuff that I experienced with it, oh, with the iridium. And it makes, it makes me happy that I was able to accurately like assess. Like what that product is like, and people are saying like basically the same stuff I was saying about it, right? And as how it like responds to your playing, how it responds to, uh, you know, hitting it with more gain and more volume and things like that. A lot of people are still sticking to their HXs though. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to get people to quit their HX. I still love my HX. I just love it different now. Oh, I need to. Yes, tell us what you needed to do, Steve. Have you hit up Line 6 at all about NAMM sponsorship? No, I haven't. Okay. I probably should. I'm making a note that I will definitely forget about. <laughs> uh, anything else we should leave in the previous decade? Nines. No more nines. I don't want to see a nine in a year for at least 10 years now. Okay. 2029. I mean, I could be fine not seeing a nine in a year for, like, the next 40 years. I'm happy to not be in the teens anymore. No, 50 years. 50 years. No nines in a year for the next 50 years. That way, the next time we see a nine in a year, it's 2069. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be disappointed when 2029 <laughs> comes around and 2039, uh, 2049. 2069, though. I hope I make it. We're going to be old. Do you plan on making it? We're going to be... We're gonna this show is still going to be going. What will I be like seventy eight then, or something like that? No, I'm it'll be like fifty eight or uh, eighty eight. I'm going to party hard when we hit twenty sixty nine. Tonight we're going to party like it's twenty sixty nine. I'm going to uh, buy. I'm going to buy those. Can we just make? When you are eighty eight years old, and if you are eighty eight years old, and then generate one point twenty one gigawatts of energy, will you travel to to a time point of your selecting? Okay. I don't know if we're going to make it age-wise, but first first one of us to invent a time machine, we meet up and we we go to nine, we go, go to 2069 first. <laughs> All, right. All right. And then we go to the year 420. <laughs> I saw so I was it was such a slow burn so uh, I watched um Davey 504's 
Oh my gosh. Five million uh five million sub episode. Guys, get us to five million subs. It'll be worth it for somebody. Mostly Ryan. Uh, um but uh in in this episode it's so subtle that if you're not paying attention, you're just kind of like confused because for the first thing he says is that Bezos invented in the year fourteen twenty, which is like Okay, I, I could see, like, maybe that's plausible. Like, maybe right, that's right. a thing. I don't know. Uh, then he said he was born in 1969. <laughs> and my, my wife, my wife is like, wait, what? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, it's a, uh, it's I was a like, joke. We were, like, sitting there for a little bit. I'm like, no, 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 like, there's no way he's as old as your brother. How hard do you think it would be to get him on the show? On this show? Yeah. Probably impossible. I think if we... He's in Spain, right? He's... No, I think he's in Italy. Oh. So I think if... Okay, so next Gear Street. Yeah, you're right. He is Italian. Next time. Well, if he ever sees this, he's definitely not going to come on the show because I mixed up what what countries he's in. I was super confused the other day because there were two people on the fireplace video who were saying like Davy Five Hundred Four approves this video in the comments, and I was like, wait, what? Like it's because they're guitars. Oh, okay. Because I, I was trying to figure out yeah. like where's this like. Was this getting shared by Davey? Because I would just quit. I would. I would quit. Oh, you I know, would not. Quit. You know who who shared a clip of it on Instagram and it made my day. Um, freaking Andy, Andy, uh, PDX Andy. Mm-hmm. It makes my day anytime he acknowledges my existence at all on Instagram or elsewise. I but s- he he reshared it. Oh, he shared a clip of it on Instagram, like as a story. He didn't do it as a post. He did it as a story, so it's probably gone now. Right. No, I'm not looking for that. But uh, it made my day. Thanks, Andy, if you're listening, which you probably aren't. But uh, he was, you know, I, I, I'm willing to say Andy's my gear demo hero. I sent a... He's, he's, established, he's established this genre of thing that I do as a legitimate thing. Like, he's the Siskel and Ebert of, of guitar demos. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? I think that is a pretty fair thing to My say. Siskel and Ebert established movie reviews oh, nice. as a legitimate thing. Sick. And I feel like he established it as, as established guitar demos as a legitimate thing. Okay, what's sick, dude? Um, so that video was also shared by Lee Ronaldo. Oh yeah. Who is best known as the co? I did not know who he was. Best known as co-founder of Sonic Youth. So I commented on the video. Holy hell. I commented on the video. Hey, man, do you mind crediting crediting us on this? So he edited the post to say uh, credit at 60 Cycle Hum. Lee freaking Ren- Now, he only has like 70K. Like, he's not a big Instagrammer. Is he in here? <laughs> I, got, I got this book of guitar heroes. Look at, look at this. Gift. Look at this. Repost from at 60 second home. Lee freaking Ronaldo. We're famous. We're famous, guys. All right. Uh, see- thanks for listening. Uh, stay grounded. I want to see these in this book that I got from probably, my aunt. I, I, I'm going to say probably not. You don't think he's in here? Um, because I think I, because I are the, the main, the known guitarist from Sonic Youth is, uh, the one that had the signature Fender. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thurman, Thurgood. Mark, oh. Yeah, I don't see him in here. That's a bummer. I hope he's not watching this because then he's going to be depressed. Thurston Moore. Thurston Moore had the signature. I have this book of Guitar Heroes as a oh. Christmas gift. 
But that cool was stuff. like, so I was like, I don't know. Who, it took me a minute because I had to look it up. And I don't like, I'm familiar with Sonic Youth in terms of influence, but I'm not like particularly. Can yeah. you, can you be familiar with their music? <laughs> yeah, you can. I need to listen. I need to put that down as uh, albums. You should listen things to things I need to listen to in 2020. Cause I, I do like, so um, in a, in a moment of lucidity, uh, if you guys email moment si- of lucidity, cheers. If you guys email 60 cycle humcast at gmail.com with uh, album suggestions, I will do my best to listen to them. Oh. Um, I won't say that I, I won't ever acknowledge that I listen to them. <laughs> Well, because like I, you know, I don't know, but but like I, a lot of times at work, I like I like to listen to complete thoughts. Mm. So a lot of times, I just go onto YouTube and search for full album, mm. and if I can find a full album of something, I'll listen to it. Um, sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes it's something. You know, I've thought about doing some album reviews. I have a format like, in mind for the YouTube channel. Maybe that's oh, something. We yeah, should let explore. me know. In 2020. Um, but I mean, like I've listened to, I listened to, uh, well, I mean, I'm like, a, I'm a, I, I'm not going to say I'm a Swifty, but I lean that way. So like I listened to the Taylor Swift album when it came out. I listened to that Kanye West praise and worship album finally. But like, I'm also going back and listening to like, I listened through the entire Smith's catalog. I listened through the entire Joy Division catalog. Like, wow. um, I listened through a couple Black Sabbath albums. Like I just listened to stuff at work. You know what? When I a was lot, a lot of times, I'm just writing. Uh, I'm writing protocols. I'm I'm doing reports at work, and I just want to listen to complete thoughts. You know what? When on my last trip, I listened to, to the entire Zeppelin catalog <laughs> and the entire Pink Floyd catalog, which Ryan has not. I have not. Um, Ryan doesn't even know who Pink Floyd is. I know who they are. I've heard songs from them. I just don't like them. Um, on on the way, Ryan hates Dave Gilmore. <laughs> Shut up. On the way to the last Germany trip that I did, uh, I was listening to albums on the airplane because they had albums available on the back of the seat. Oh, that's cool. Thing. And I listened to I forget which one one of one of Jimi Hendrix's albums. And I was sitting there realizing, like, I've heard Hendrix songs my whole life. Yeah. I've never sat and listened to a full album. And there's a lot of stuff on there that is like, I've never heard this before. This is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad I'm listening to this. So, yeah, I, maybe maybe we should make that our goal for 2020. Let's listen to albums and talk about albums. Yeah, let's figure it out. Let's figure out let's how to do, do it. Album. Let's, let's talk about music on our guitar dumb show. <laughs> Uh, here's a gear trend to end. Maybe we should do an album exchange every week where you and I will make it part of the podcast. We, you and I listen to the same album and then we talk about okay. it on the show. Okay. Once a week. I'm just going to make you listen to every Jimmy rolled album. Oh my gosh. Stop. Yeah. Maybe we, because we record two episodes in a session, I'll pick one. You pick one. We'll alternate and we have to listen to the same album yeah. and then talk about it. Yeah. We'll listen to like. 20 or so albums a year. I, I, that's actually really solid. It is. If we were to do like 20 albums this in the next year. Yeah. Very ambitious. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Hold us to it if you like the idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't we're know. We're definitely if, not going to do it next week, so don't ask. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the topic. My notes are sh- in shambles. Uh, this episode is also sponsored by Chase Plus Audio. They make pedals more creative than you do. Ryan, you own... Almost every Chase Plus pedal. Nah, I, I, I own a bunch of them. You I own everything except the Spectre, right? I don't have the Brothers. I thought you, I thought you had the Brothers. I don't have the Brothers. Oh. I don't have the Mood. Wait. I mean, I have the. I don't have the Blooper. 
Okay, you don't have the blooper. You don't have the brothers? I don't have the I brothers. I thought you the brothers. I didn't ever demoed the brothers. The brothers came out before we had a working relationship with Chase Bliss. Okay. You have the Gravitas. I have the Gravitas. You have the Warp Vinyl? I have the Warp Vinyl Hi-Fi. Okay. So, the, okay. I have the Dark World. The Dark World. I have the Tonal Recall. Mm-hmm. Red Knob. I have the Red Knob yeah, mod. We saw, did you sell the Blue Knob? No, I got it modded. I sent it in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had the Blue Knob and I flipped it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, what, were we, what else were we going to say? Uh, you have the Thermae. I have the Thermae, which I love. That's a great delay pedal. So you have everything except the Blooper and the Brothers and the Spectre, which isn't manufactured anymore. I guess. I don't have an, ori- an original warped vinyl. Right. Well, you also don't have an original Tonal Recall because you have a red knob. Right, right. But you can still access the The point is, is if you want to talk to somebody who has an extensive knowledge of Chase Bliss. Talk to Joel Corte. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull up this. Uh, oh, huge thanks to Chase Bliss. They make pedals more creative than you are. Thank you for sponsoring this show and so many of our episodes. And A gear trend I would like to see continue in 2020 is Chase Bliss's support of this show. <laughs> I'd love to see. Uh, we, you know, we have two sponsors this episode and next episode. Um, we run a maximum of four sponsorship spots per episode. If you're a gear company or you just want to sponsor our episodes hit us up. Uh, we have two open slots right now. I'm going to probably start hunting for more sponsors after Nam this year and get more serious about that. After Nam, not during Nam. How dare you? Maybe during Nam. How dare you? Yeah, uh, I put how, this how do, uh, because this is our drink a soda episode. <sighs> I put up a. This is the middle of the sponsor spot. We're are, we're not done with the sponsor no. spot. Okay, Chase Plus Audio. Ryan has owned like almost every Chase Plus pedal. Oh, there was a point to this. They're, he's he's going to wrap it up. They're freaking great. Well, I wanted you to talk about how great all their pedals were. They're super great. They're so cool. I they do so much. They make all kinds of sounds. They're most more cre- of them, they're more creative than you are. Most of them can be a chorus pedal. They have a digital brain <laughs> and an, an analog, analog heart, heart, unless it's the dark world, which is a digital brain and a digital heart. <laughs> Guys, seriously, um, Chase Plus Audio is a, is a great company. Uh, as much as we talk about. And I've said this before too, like as much as we talk about how crazy the pedals are, like at their core, they are fantastic yeah. effects. You can dial in all of the sound. You can pretty much dial in all of the basic sounds that you Every want. Every Chase with pedal at its core is a really good version of that pedal, yeah. of that style of pedal. But then you can dial in the craziest, yeah. most inventive stuff. And you if, you, if you're doing like MIDI, there's more options there to for presets and everything. Like, yeah, yeah. Go check it out, chaseplusaudio.com. Go buy something, you buy. cheapskates. You know what? Sell all your Christmas gifts. Use that money to buy yourself some Chase Plus Dude, stuff. I wish. Yeah, right? You know? You hmm. know what I mean? I've got an idea. What is it? Oh, no. I was riffing off of you saying to sell all the Christmas gifts. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, but yeah. How much? Do you think I could get every Chase Bliss pedal if I sold one of my kids? I'd hope so. I mean, they're not inexpensive pedals, but I feel like you should be I don't able know to how, get how a lot of money for a live human body. I mean, it depends on the country that is purchasing. It's a country that's doing it? I don't think you're selling to an individual. Well, you're here. selling to an individual, but like the price of a child this is super dark. varies country to country. This is super dark. Are you asking me to assess the value of your individual children? Like, what is, the, right, re- what's, what's what is your, the resale value of your children, Steve? Yes. What's your next topic, Ryan? Well, this, because I knew this was going to be 
a sloppy and off-topic podcast Is because it? we're getting into the beers. Uh, I did a little secret post on our inner circle group, which is our group for our uh, $10 Patreons. And I said, we need some off-topic stuff to ramble about in the New Year's drink episode. So you want to just go through some, some of these and just see where we Actually, end Actually, I think since you mentioned that, I want to do a little housekeeping. Before okay, yeah, housekeep us for it. Uh, I want to, uh, so housekeeping, again, Ryan just mentioned at the $10 level, you get into our inner circle Facebook group. Uh, every once in a while, we do special stuff. We also send out mer- uh, like a little merch pack to those people, and there's some inner circle exclusive merchandise. Uh, but at the five dollars level, you you still get merch. Uh, so thanks, Sander Hessels, for upgrading from the I think two dollar level up to the five dollar level. Super appreciate it. Mm. And also uh, a big shout who is already in the inner circle. And uh, I need to double check if I sent his stuff already. I th- I think I may have. Uh, at the ten dollar level, uh, is Ben. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Uh, at the ten dollar level. Uh, so thanks, Ben. And uh, at the ten dollar, like, why did we do, do the do you to still be fair thing? Because his last name is Fair. Ah. Uh. Um. So yeah. So thanks. Uh, welcome to the inner circle. I know. I I think I already added you to the group. I'm pretty sure I already did. And uh, hopefully you are enjoying your time there. Yeah. I just want to say, too, there's no expectation for anyone to stay in our Patreon indefinitely. That's not the idea. We love people who are in there when they're in there. And we love you when you leave. The fact that you contributed to this stupid guitar (laughs) show experiment at all means a lot to us. And it funds a lot of stuff for us. And we just love that there are people who want to be part of, you know, the deeper part of our community. So if you're already in and you want to get out, we're not, we're not going to hate you. We're not going to think poorly of you. We love you. It's true. Always and forever. <laughs> All right. What's that topic? Uh, let's, let's find something here. I haven't even read through any of these. What makes a perfect ink pen? Should we say the names of people who are in there? We should leave that secret. Let's do this topic first. Let's do a real topic first. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, this is a, the question is um, basically in the vein of Chapman guitars. If we could design uh, uh, signature instruments for under $300, what would they be? So this is a guitar that would, or a bass that would sell for under $300 and would be a 60 cycle hum signature instrument. Uh, yes. Well, I think for me... Would it be possible... So this is from Ozer Guitar Lop. Uh, would it be possible to design a 60-cycle hum guitar for under $300 available worldwide? Ryan and Steve, the new Chapman. <laughs> I, As we all know, Rob Chapman has been canceled. Super so canceled. we are here to take his place. Because... Because he got called out. He got called out. And now he's canceled. That's he's how it works. He's canceled. He got called out for he did, he did what? Apo- he did apologize. I don't know if he apologized. I didn't watch the video. I don't know. I don't... I watched that video. I don't even care. I don't care. Uh, if you could... If you had a signature guitar... Like, I think I could do a sub... I feel like I could do a sub $300 Squire... But my issue is I do not like their satin necks at all. And so that might be a problem. I like their, I like, do you like you know the, that Squire, uh, you know, the Squire can do gloss necks as well. I know, but, but like, I don't know if they do gloss necks under $300. Well, the problem is that it won't be under $300 because you're going to want such a large cut 
of the sale. Oh my gosh. If Squire yeah, ca- that, if that, Squire that, sent us an email in 2020 and was like, look guys, we want to do 60 cycle hum guitars, uh, but we can only get it under $300. If you take half a percent, I'd be like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> half a percent. I half bet, a percent. I bet that's generous. I, I'm sure it's flat rate for that sort of stuff. You think they I pay mean, a percentage to people? Pro- I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. It's in the, actually, it is, it is in the book. Is it in the Squire book? It's mentioned. They mentioned that uh, at least at the time of that publishing, they talk about the fact that um, they prefer to work with artists in the for the long run uh-huh. over like just being like, "Hey, how much does it cost to like get your name?" Okay, so they want to do a percentage. Yeah, they would prefer gotcha. to do like they would prefer to have a partnership over a uh, you know with over our- just like a. a a buyout. You know, with all our affiliate things that we do, mm-hmm. Amazon, Sweetwater, Toman, etc. Mm-hmm. We could just say, "Hey, this particular guitar is our signature guitar now. Buy it through this link," <laughs> and we would get the, it's like a guaranteed percentage off that link. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It is probably better than what most like artists get nah, for their signature I mean, the, gear. The percentage might be, but the gear won't. Right? No, the, the production numbers are probably way lower than what. Uh, we would hey get. guys, this uh, Firefly is the new Ryan signature guitar. Go buy it <laughs> while it's available for the next seventy three hours. <laughs> I, my gut reaction to this. Is that I would for sure do a modified Squire Bolt Mustang as a signature mm. guitar for myself. I'd be like, this is the Ryan Burke 60 Cycle Hum signature Squire Bolt Mustang. How would you modify it? It would definitely. Because that actually makes a ton of sense. Because that's like one. It's like 150. Yeah. So you could like do a signature model at like could, two, 200 bucks. I could pimp it up a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. So what would you change? Um, I think, like you were saying, I'd go for gloss neck. Like do like the Squire uh, classic vibe. Mm, kind of mm-hmm. like yellow gloss mm-hmm. on it. Um, then I would probably go for some kind of single coil in the bridge. Like some kind of hot. Would you, would you keep the humbucker in the neck? A hot single coil in the bridge. So hot. And then maybe a Jazzmaster pickup in the neck. Ooh. I don't know if you could do all you of those. You think they would let me do that? The, what Would it be a telly single or a stretch single? Oh, man. I mean, it probably doesn't matter. Dude, a hot telly single on the bridge would be a lot of fun. Well, you might not even need to need it to be a hot. It might just be like the regular Telecaster pickup. Just a pickup. twangy telly in the would bridge. Would you go telly bridge? That smooth. Where do you want this bridge? That smooth, creamy jazz master in the neck position. And, of course, a kill switch because i got a kill switch mm. in there. And... Uh, Probably just still a hardtail bridge on it, but uh, the stamped steel saddles instead of like their their die cast saddles or whatever right, they right, are. Right. I don't know if you could. I mean, maybe I. You can't. I, you definitely could not do that for two hundred, but three hundred. It would be under three hundred. It would be under three hundred. I would and just, maybe, and of course, some sort of like metal flake finish. Metal flake was it like gold metal flake? I cut, maybe like two or three colors. But gold no, signature, you only get one color. Gold, okay, then it would be gold maybe, metal flake. Maybe two. Gold metal flake. Gold. Single ply pick guard. Red. Golden red. Say, say you get two colors. It would be gold, and it would be like that uh, that pearl sea foam that they put on Mexican fenders now. 
Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking. Um, I want to. I, Man, been, I I've want been, that guitar now. That sounds nice. I've been playing a precision jazz combo. Uh, recently. Uh huh. And I just that pickup combination. I don't know. It just works for me. Um. So I think it I would, certainly it seems like a very versatile setup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is. Um, and it's got like I've I've kind of like adjusted to like the P style neck, which is a little bigger. The piss neck. What? <laughs> he said the P style neck. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, so I feel like I would want to go down that route, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I want some like a glossier neck. Sure. I just my my thing is I I don't I guess I don't have enough experience I need probably need to think outside the box in terms of builder. I'm really thinking, I don't know I've I've had this like thought in my head for a while that I should try to get one of the Ibanez Talman bases. You yeah you told me that earlier. Well, I told you that earlier in the future. <laughs> At the beginning of this episode, Ryan was like, don't talk about any of the stuff we talk about next episode. <laughs> I gotcha, bitch! We recorded that in reverse order so that we could drink on this one for New Year's and not be sloppy um, on the on the other episode. Yeah, it didn't work. It hasn't I, worked. I tricked you. Yeah, you tricked it's me. a trap! Don't no you, one's did listening you, Have you seen the point. new Star Wars? No, I haven't yet. Me neither. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. It's a trap. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, I, I think uh, I I could really see like something from that from the Ibanez, uh, Talman base series being like a signature instrument for me. We need to figure out if the new ones are MDF like the old ones. No, oh, I'm sure they're not. Let's ask them at Nam. Hey, Ibanez, are these Talmans MDF? We could... Part of me feels like that's kind of endearing that the old Talmans are MDF. Like I always wanted one of the old style ones with the, the long lower horn. Yeah, I, they don't call it MDF. They call it something else. Yeah. But oh, oh, they do. It's particle board. You know. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 models. Just a big list of models and players. Yeah. Who cares? The Wikipedia has very little information. So yeah, I think that's. I think I would go for some kind of PJ in like one of the Tallman base shapes. Models and players sounds like the title of a song from like zebra head or something awful like that who's the i've never listened to zebra head early 2000 band what do they sound like ryan tell me more i don't know it don't, tell me, it don't matter tell me more about zebra head it don't matter all right hit me with that inner circle topic all right this give the people what they paid for oh, shoot i just got away from it let's get back to there the inner circle and there's 17 comments would you rather go to nascar race or a tennis match Oh, I feel like the food and drinks would be better at the tennis match, but they'd be mm. cheaper at NASCAR. Maybe that's not true, though. They tend to like remew at any sporting event, really. I, I think bet, the food I bet and- like like a like a plastic cup of Bud Light is like eighteen dollars at NASCAR. I mean, it's eighteen dollars no matter what. Right, right. But I feel like tennis match would be more relaxing. I don't even know if you can get a freaking cup of Bud Light at a tennis match. No, it's all champagne. Am I? Champagne Mis- for my real friends, real pain for my sham friends. Am I misimagining what tennis matches are like? Probably not. <laughs> Is it champagne and caviar? I hope so. 
I want to sit in the queen box at Wimbledon. You know, I think I would have a better time at a tennis match just because I feel like I'd be more comfortable and it'd be easier to ignore where like NASCAR is just like sitting there in the heat. You can't ignore it. I don't know, man. You don't think you'd be enthralled by the spectacle? Of NASCAR? Of like, so, so my, uh, gosh, I don't know what this says about me. Maybe it says a lot. Maybe it doesn't. Um, my cousins go to the Indy 500 every year. Okay. So maybe that's a specific, maybe that's over specific because it's a, the Indy 500 is not a NASCAR event, um, but it is a major motorsports event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will admit it is a major motorsports event. And, uh, all I'm getting at is I feel like it's like the thrill of like, it's an event. Like it's, it's like the idea of like, even if the Coachella lineup sucks, if you well, get NASCAR, NASCAR is like the full sport. The event is Indy 500, right? No, Indy 500 is like not part of NASCAR at all. What is like, the event then? What are you talking about? It's part of it's for, uh, is it Formula Un? It's IndyCar. No, it's a, what diff- is it's the, a different kind of what car. What is the event for NASCAR? Uh, Talladega 500, the Daytona 500. Right. Like it, like it well, can be anything. Your cousins go to any NASCAR event? No, I'm Indy is different. Indy is a different type no, of car. What is? Oh, your cousins go to Indy. Go to the Indy 500. Okay. But I'm saying it's a different, it's a racing, it's a motorsports event, but it's sure. not part of NASCAR because NASCAR sure. is a specific vehicle. I mean, when it comes to top motorsports events. The Indy 500 is one of them. The Indy 500 is one I've heard of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you've probably heard of the Indy 500. You've probably heard of of the Daytona 500. Right. You've probably heard of Talladega. Yeah. Because there was a movie. Ricky Bobby. The greatest Talladega champion of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's maybe it. Like, there's some other ones that are at specific speedways, but they're like the Coca-Cola 500, and you don't really know where they're at. Right, right. Um, but anyway, what what I'm saying is, like, I think there's, like, I get the impression that when my cousins go, they're not going because they're, like, fans of indie racing. They go because, well, one, they grew up in Indianapolis, so so right. I think it's just a thing. It's just a like, thing that you do. It's, it's a like thing. going to the beach here. It's like going to the zoo. I mean, it's like if it's like going to the zoo if the zoo is only open one time a year. Right. It is only one open one time a year. Oh, okay. The whole year. That's the one time it's <laughs> right, open. Right. Um, <laughs> Did you know that the zoo doesn't close? That's not true. I mean, it closes at night, but it doesn't like. They don't ever. There's always got to be employees there because there's animals. Oh. God. They gotta take care of the animals, oh my gosh. dude. It's not like Vaughn's where like everyone can go home. Like someone's <laughs> someone's gotta be there. <laughs> I what I'm saying is that when the power goes out, right. you know, the Tyson chicken nuggets don't eat <laughs> the employees at Vaughn's. Right, 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 right. Uh, um no, so I mean, like it's a, it's a like the the track the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is used for other events, but that right. specific race is, uh, you know, so I guess it's like if you're not a fan of parades, but you still, it's not like you go to every parade, but you go to like the Tournament of Roses because that's the parade. You think there's people who are parade heads? Oh, there's definitely people who are parade heads. Oh my god, that's so depressing. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what this show is when we do a drink episode? What is this and we show? go off topic like this? What are we doing right now? Ryan? It's just the gear slum. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. This is this is a just different show with different hosts. <laughs> We're just talking about anything, really. Um, uh, next topic suggestion in this inner circle post: The Mandalorian. I haven't watched it yet. You don't. You've got Disney Plus, but you haven't watched it yet because literally, I've had Disney Plus for like two days. You, Steve was telling me that he's got Disney Plus, and then the moment he got it, they did a deep dive into Netflix's Lost in, Lost space. in space. That's true. That's which true. I think is a better decision. Well, I mean, it's also like I like hot take. I think Lost in Space is a better show than Mandalorian, right? Uh, but Lost in Space is also season two, and season my, one was strong though. And my wife is not like as into Star Wars. Like I have a feeling that I will not come to the same star like conclusions on the Mandalorian that you will. Okay. Because I think I'm more into Star Wars than you are. Dude, we're Americans <laughs> who live straddling the we are Yeah, here's something to think about. I was born in eighty one. Hey, tell me a story about tell me a story about uh Star Wars while I go take a leap. Oh my god, Steve. I can't huh. tell you something while you're out of the room. Yeah, you can't, because I don't care. I'm gonna hold the you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this idea that I just had while Steve is Pissing in the bathroom, peeing into a toilet bowl. Um, I was born in 81. It's 2020. My life is literally straddling the millennium. I'm straddling into the 20th and 21st century with each leg split in the middle. And I'm just saying that if you're someone born in the time frame that I'm born in, say post 1970 like every part of pop culture has just been star wars you have not been able to escape star wars everyone knows pretty much the same stuff about star wars we know all the little dumb tidbits we know all the backstory we know all about all the characters we know about all the aliens we know about all the ships we know who's related to who for one person to claim that another person is a bigger Star Wars nerd than the other, is like an ancient Roman claiming that they're a bigger Zeus fan than another ancient Roman. We all know about this stuff. It's not a competition to know who knows about the most stuff. This isn't nerd stuff anymore. This is just regular, everyday pop culture. It doesn't make you special. It doesn't make you cool. It doesn't mean you have any sort of special extra knowledge. Anyone can find this stuff out. Steve is back from pissing. <laughs> Did you hear any of that? Over your loud excretion? All I heard was the beginning part where you talked about how your wife is straddling you. Oh my god, Steve. No, I was talking about how uh, being someone born in the early 80s, and now we're in the 2020s, we are straddling the, the millennium. With one foot in the 20th century and the other foot in the 21st century. I like Steve's forethought here. He's still got half a beer and he's getting another one. You want another one? He knows where he's going. No, I'm going to wait until I finish Me, this George one. George Shetson. So I can have a cold one when I get into it. Oh, mine's going to be cold when I get so into it. So you seem to think that your opinion on The Mandalorian will be more superior to my opinion on The Mandalorian. I don't Mandalorian. think it's superior. I think it's just going to be different. Okay. I All think right. I have a higher 
chance of enjoying the Mandalorian because I think I've de- de- I think I have stuck my foot further into the Star Wars pond than you have. You stuck your foot further up the Star Wars butt than I have. Exactly. I think I am. You stuck I your think, head further up the Star I Wars think butt than George I have. Lucas's. Uh, uh, extremities are further down my throat than he, it is down yours. <laughs> this is getting grosser and grosser. Steve, every night he balls up into a giant, like, sleep sack, a hammock shaped like George Lucas's <laughs> neck. <laughs> and he cuddles, cuddles up for warmth. It smells just as bad on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I, I thought George Lucas smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> um, I, I, here's the thing. I don't judge the Mandalorian for its Star Wars content. For You his, judge it for its, its claiming to be a Western, but fail also. No, let's, which let's, might let's, actually, for what it's worth, like, I, uh, I can... I love Westerns. I will take that into consideration because I, I also at least love... Um, uh, certain westerns. Sure, I mean, a I lot, th- there's a lot of trash westerns out and there, I and think- maybe maybe the Mandalorian is referencing the trash westerns. But th- when you claim that, I you're- mean, if you're not if you're not if you're not referencing Leone, what's the point? Yeah, seriously. And so to that, like I I kind of see like I'm kind of torn because I've obviously I'm friends with you on Facebook, even though I don't I don't know. Why? Yeah, I recently I recently refollowed you on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, so so on the one hand, like when you're talking about when you say like when you say, oh, I don't, I didn't like this episode eh, because of the way it moved and the way the soundtrack behaves, and people are like, well, it's a Western, and you're just like, yeah, but it's not really doing it the way a Western would. Like, I take your opinion to as, like, as truth. Okay. Because because you and I, I know, have a similar background in, in, uh, in Sergio Leone. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's only so much of a, a dive you can do into Sergio right. before you run out of content. Right. You know? But it's like, to me, like the, like Sergio Leone's trilogy, like that is pinnacle Western and, and everything else is whatever. Right. Right. I mean, there's um, stuff outside the, outside of the trilogy too. Isn't, uh, once upon, upon a time in the West, Sergio Leone. As um, well? I'm not sure. That's the one with Charles Bronson playing the harmonica. That's the one with Henry Ford. But anyways, uh, but anyway, here's, what, yeah. here's, what, here's what I want to say. When I'm, when I'm judging The Mandalorian, I'm not judging it for Star Wars content. The Star Wars content is fine. Like, oh, cool. Here's a reference to that. Here's a reference to that. That's fine. All that doesn't bother me. That's fun. There's fan servicing, but it's fun. Um, the thing that bothers me about The Mandalorian is the writing and either the acting or the direct direction of the actors, because there's a big failure going on there. There's a lot of acting that just feels amateur. Right. And really weak. Um, so that's my takeaway from it. From someone who spends time behind the camera uh, directing people commercially, not for movies or cinema or anything like that, but directing people 
For biotech. For how they talk on camera. For biotech equipment. And how they behave on camera. And directing people who are amateurs, who do not right. have experience behind the camera, but being able to direct them. I thought you guys hired uh, professionals. We have hired actors. You should hire me sometime for one of your thermo things. Get if, your company to hire us. No, just just fly me up to San Jose. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, yeah, we're bringing one of our guys. He already knows this equipment. But as someone who has some professional experience directing people on how to act natural right on camera there's some big failures that happen in the mandalorian and it's inexcusable with the size of budget that they have it's just the reality of it so i mean that's my takeaway there's also a lot of sloppiness that happened with this with the score in the earlier episodes where like things were happening in the score that didn't make any sense with what was happening on screen like the they weren't communicating anything. They were just like copy pasting parts of the score into the show. Right. And it felt very sloppy to me as someone who's an editor as well. So I, I, it makes me sound like I'm have a high opinion of myself as what I do with video, which I don't, I'm very far down the tonal pole as far as that sort of stuff goes. But Ryan could have directed a better Mandalorian. But for me to, no, I'm not saying that, but there's parts of it that I would have been like, we need to reshoot this. Right. Because this isn't working. I, well, all I'm saying is I think that I, for the criticisms, criticisms aside. And Baby Yoda is adorable. I, I, I'm not going to say he's not. I might fall under the, onto the side of, yeah, there's issues, but fan, but fan service is right. king. I also recognize that a huge part of the generation of people that are Star Wars fans now grew up watching Clone Wars and that's a cartoon. Right. And the presentation of the acting and the characters is going to be different than what I grew up with as Star Wars as being the original trilogy, which is more Clone, as, War, Clone Wars was intense though. I, yeah, I believe that I, I, but I've seen, I've seen parts of it. And here's a, here's a question I have. It's a, it's, it's fun. It's fun, but it is a cartoon and is acted as a cartoon. And I feel like Mandalorian leans into acting as a cartoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, cause the question I was going to have is, and I love uh, cartoons, if, by the way, if I'm I, not dissing on cartoons. If I decide in the, like on tomorrow afternoon that I want to sure. watch the Mandalorian, is that like, can I just watch the Mandalorian with my kids in the room? Yeah. Oh, okay. it's super family friendly. Okay. I mean, that's part of the thing is like the way they presented it in trailers or whatever is like, oh, this is going to be hardcore, right? Bounty hunting action. It's not right. Okay, it's very family friendly. I mean, it's Star Wars, but you know, like you get a couple of scenes with people losing their arms or whatever, you know. Yeah, but it's Star but I mean, Wars. Like, so you know. I watched like I watched like two episodes of Voyager today. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Yeah, but like I'm not gonna. No, it's, it's super. But like I'm not gonna watch. Uh, and I think that's a reason why it's you know, safe to know. compare. I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch Discovery with my kids. Sure, sure. I think it's safe to compare Lost in Space to Mandalorian because they're both very family appropriate. Okay. I don't know if I watch. Maybe it's a family drama, right? In right. space, Lost in Space. You know. Also, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Is, what else we got from that inner circle? Uh, good question. Uh, who would win in a fight, Santa or Barney? Are we talking about Barney the dinosaur? Yeah. Or are we talking about Barney Fife? Bar- either. Let's. Uh, Barney San- versus Barney. Which one would win? Barney Fife versus Barney the dinosaur. Ooh. 
That's a tough one. Didn't Andy Griffith take away all of Barney Fife's bullets? Probably. So if, if Barney Fife was your deputy, you'd super take away his bullets, right? You'd be like, yeah, you don't get to have a functioning weapon. <laughs> oh, hold on. What makes a perfect ink pen? Um, I've, I really like these pens, uh, the pilot easy touch. Um, there's a guy actually, I don't know if he's still in the inner circle, but I he have was been using this pen, this Pentel RSVP for the entirety of this podcast, six years, that right there, two inches of ink represents all the notes I've taken on this podcast. I don't I'm like, not saying it's a good pen. I'm just I, saying it's the pen I'm I've not, used. I, 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 mean, I like click pens. I'll yes. say that outright. Uh, I like these uh, Pilot Easy Touch. I stole this from work. Um, How many pens do you have over there? Just this one. Just this one? Okay. Uh, but but recently, one of the other guys at work introduced to, to a pen. Uh, I, man, I do not remember who makes it. That uh, I also really like. Uh, but I will say I like medium tip pens. So you I don't, don't like that super fine stuff, and you don't like no. that, that huge boy. I like, I like to be able Is that what this is? This is a medium tip? This feels like a medium. Yep, it's a medium. Yeah, it's just a normal pen. But the thing is, is like a lot of people don't like that heavy. Like, I have a pretty... I don't like the fine tip ones because I feel like I'm going to break them. Mm, I don't like, like a super fine gel pen or something like that. I can't stand it. I like to be able to vary, and like if I'm writing quickly and not making a ton of contact still put down a good line and I can't do that with a fine tip pen. Okay. So th that in mind, mm -hmm. which one would win Santa or Barney? <laughs> uh, wait, Barney, the dinosaur or Barney five, Barney, the dinosaur. Uh, somebody did mention in the group that Barney, the dinosaur got them arms. Well, here's the thing. Santa's but do are all the, are all of the kids part of Barney's army? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Kids are part of Barney's army. Santa is magic. That's my first point. Second point. But Barney is a dinosaur from our imagination. Here's my second point. When was the last time you saw Barney in anything? Santa's obviously already defeated him. Barney's that is, dead. That's a great point. Santa killed him. Ooh. Everyone, it, you, people reference Barney all the time. If I asked my kid who Barney the dinosaur was, he would look at me with a blank stare. He'd have no idea. Barney's not in the cultural lexicon anymore. He's gone. Barney is over. When did um, when did this this ended? Barney ended in 2010. That was a decade ago, dude. It was literally Barney got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Dang Barney, what did you do? That was, that was a callback. <laughs> a revival was announced in 2015 to premiere in 2017. Never happened, uh, but never happened. I hope if they bring back Barney the Dinosaur, he's like a full-on CG scaly-toothed dinosaur. Oh, gosh, no. CG is... Like no. reptile Barney dinosaur. Jurassic uh, Park dinosaur Barney. Stop. I could see Netflix rebooting him as a CG series for kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is my... I forgot this is my one of my favorite Barney facts. Uh, Barney's song, I Love You, was among those used by interrogators at Guantanamo Bay <laughs> to coerce detainees. People always make a point of like, oh, this is a song used for torture. You could use any song for torture if you play it over and over and That's over That's true, over but again. some songs are going to be more quickly Extra, effective than yeah, others. Extra torture-y. 
Uh, what Oof. temperature do you keep your AC set on in your home? <laughs> what, what is that? Yeah, AC. You don't have like a like a portable AC or anything like that. The real question AC? is: At what temperature do I just get naked? <laughs> Any. <laughs> that, that is also true. <laughs> we have uh, we have a portable AC up in our master bedroom, and we have one here in the garage. Gary, famously, uh, for when it gets really hot, when I need to do ne- demos right. and whatnot. Um, I think I usually do like 72 in the summer just to make it cool enough to like have a comfortable sleep at night. But we don't, neither of us have central air in our abodes. Well, you have central heating at least, right? I do have central heating. You have heating, don't you? Not central. Do you have like a wall unit or something? I have, there's a wall unit in each of the large rooms. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that you have, we don't really use them. You have heating built into your house. Yes. Okay. But it's not like it's not thermostat controlled. Sure. Um, I would say at work, my general AC limit is probably like sixty-eight. Well, in the offices, it's probably seventy. Yeah. In the labs, I would say sixty-eight, sixty. I I lean cooler in the labs because you're wearing a lab coat, you're wearing goggles, uh, so I want that AC to be more active. Yeah. In the offices, I I can take on a little more. In the offices, like a couple weeks ago, I don't know what malfunctioned, but it it was like eighty degrees. The heater was the heater was like set to to like seventy five. Oh man, it was brutal. I was dying. Okay, uh, I was I was on the verge of death. Here's what I'll say: It's always funny to me in Philadelphia that, like during the summer. You're like, oh, it's hot outside. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the AC to like 68, so I won't be so hot. Oh my gosh, Steve's poor technique here. <laughs> but during the winter, perfect pour. You're like, oh, it's 68. I'm freezing. Let's make it 73. We're in the summer. 73 is like a little bit past comfortably warm. It's because of the humidity, right? That's a humidity thing. All right. Uh, where did the phrase ramble on come from? Ramble on. I have no idea. I don't know either. Someone wants to know who was really Hold the... On. There tr- were some comments on that. Read the comments. Oh, my gosh. Somebody said it had to do with Black Betty. Oh, Black Betty. Black Betty. You think it came from Black Betty? Black Betty. You know, that was was a song before that band covered it. Before Ram Jam? No, I know. I don't know who did it originally. I think it was a blues song before. Yeah. Do they say Ramble On in that song? Is that what they're saying? I have no idea what the lyrics to Black Betty are. Because someone posted that meme that's, uh, Whoa, Black Betty, Bramble Jam. Whoa, Black Betty. Rambutans. Rambutans. Ram- Whoa, Black Betty, Pambalam. Whoa, Black Betty, Pandalam. This says, Whoa, Black Betty, Bambalam. So I think it's just supposed to be nonsense. Yeah, me too. Black Betty had a child. Like, this song is like, I, I am not going to look up, look into it. You know, I'm afraid- I know the whole thing with Black Betty Ram Jam is that, by Ram Jam, is that this song was originally like, it's like a, like a, Jim Crow blues song right, about right. like a black. I don't even know. I don't even. I I don't want to get into this right black now. Black Betty had a child. Bambalam. The damn thing gone wild. Bambalam. She's always rock steady. Bambalam. She's always ready. 
It's, it's lyrics like those. Uh, I have to admit, the first time I ever heard that song, uh-huh. I had never heard it before. Really? Until I watched. Let me let me see your bottle. The movie Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Really? Yeah. And then, like after that, I maybe I had heard it before, but I didn't notice it until that point. Where I was like, oh, well, this is a banging song. I got to know more about this. And then I looked it up and listened to versions of it and whatnot. It's like a drizzling chocolate. It's a fun song. Yeah, you and you, you're dripping the leftovers of other beers into your beer. I'm all about that King's Cup. <laughs> okay, who was the chosen one? Harry or Neville? I don't Neville. Know. Neville? What yeah, is Neville this? Longbottom is definitely the chosen one. What is this referencing? Uh, he, uh, he was the slayer of Nagini. It's a Harry Potter thing. Oh, that's why I don't know anything yeah. about it. Uh, basically, there's a... All right, you carry this while I go take my own So uh, there was a thing in the Harry Potter verse where, you know, obviously the whole thing is called Harry Potter, whatever, blah, 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 Harry Potter. Uh, but there is a theory, and I'm not sure what book it was around, where people started putting it together all of the pieces of the prophecy in the Harry Potter verse that said like oh well like his parents are going to be killed by Voldemort and whatever i don't i don't even remember everything uh and and fans were like wait so is the chosen one harry potter or is it neville Cha- ne- neville chamberlain uh is it uh neville longbottom uh because all of those same th- things applied and uh J.K. Rowling had to come out and be like, no, 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 it's not Neville Longbottom. He's, he's not, he's not the chosen one. It's Harry Potter. Trust me. Uh, but, uh, the speculation still exists that J.K. Rowling only said that because she wanted it to be a surprise so that all along it was supposed to be Neville Longbottom, but because the fans had guessed where she was going, that she changed it to to make Harry Harry Potter still the chosen one, uh, instead of just one of the chosen one's friends. Good news, Steve. What's up? Getting up and walking around has made re- me realize. Uh huh. This is officially a drunk episode. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I'm pretty dang tipsy. One Happy of the, New Year. One of these days we need to do... Uh, and we're an hour and a half into this episode. I know. One of these days we need to either try to Power Hour or uh, Century Club because I I feel okay. You feel all right? I mean, I don't feel great. I don't drink a lot anymore. I mean, I have a, have a drink every now and then. I definitely don't uh, push into tipsy town. Well, it's like I, I mentioned this off air before, but like I had this thought... Kentucky Fried Chicken plus beer. Oh, my God, this thing. <laughs> See, like, I, I want somebody to do a video. Brian, Kyle, uh, let me know. RJ, let me know if this is a thing that we can organize. It's, I'll uh, join in on it for sure. I mean, I know you will. I'm thinking, I think, I think we, we do Popeyes instead. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Popeyes. I don't know what you can buy from there. Chicken, I, dude, it's fried chicken. I, I'm saying I don't know what their combos are. I'm just saying. I think we need to. I think we need to join forces with the Tone Jerks to make this happen. Go check out the Tone Jerks, uh, super fun podcast. Uh, it Pitch is the idea. Stop. 
Pussy Six, footing around. 69 pieces of chicken, 420 ounces of beer. 69, 420. I know I can challenge. I know I can I can do some I can I can carry my weight in this challenge. I'm thinking like if you get my I can't think of doing this with with fewer than 10 people. Yeah, you need a lot of people. Because with 10 people it's 6.9 pieces of chicken. I can put 42 ounces of beer. I can put away 8 pieces of fried chicken by myself for sure. That's a whole chicken. I can put down 42 ounces of beer by myself. When our powers combined, Ryan, we're no, Captain I could, Planet. I could put away forty-two ounces. It's got to be. The, it's just got to be the right beer. Yeah. So we need. Or the, actually, it's really got to be the wrong beer. <laughs> yeah. Is it got to so, be a guzzler? It's got Brian. You got those natty ices still? So we need ten people to put away sixty-nine pieces of fried chicken and four hundred and twenty ounces of beer. I mean, I'm saying. So I, I, you know, so uh, forty-two ounces each person. Which is what three beers, three and a half beers, uh, something like, that? like three and a half beers, and then each person's got to do six, seven pieces of so, chicken. So my thought is, if it was ten people, it would be two bombers per person. Most people can't put away a whole chicken, dude. It'd be like two bombers per person and six point nine pieces of chicken. It's I don't know what that is. Seven piece chicken per person. Yeah, seven pieces of chicken and six point. Most people can't put away a, a seven piece chicken. Right. So, so that that's why I'm, that's why I feel like the tone jerks can line this up <laughs> with us plus plus their. We'll cr- need six more people. You and me, those two, Johnny Ray. Who's Johnny Ray? Johnny Ray is one of their frequent collaborators. <laughs> well played. <laughs> uh, we get R- we get RJ down here. RJ can put down. Okay. Uh, um, I, I that's my problem is I only get to six. I feel like we'd have to make this a Nam thing and get a bunch of people. I don't want to do it at Nam because there's already too much stuff going there's at Nam. Too much stuff going on at Nam. We could definitely do this at at the Sinusoid House at Nam for oh what it's gosh. worth. Yeah. Uh, but what it would come down to is, but is my it, question what is, it would come down is to is the gear slum giving us a lot of support on the chicken and not so much on the beer. Is there any? entertainment value to this at all. I'll be entertained. <laughs> is there any reason Are to... Are you not entertained? Do this and document this for any reason. No. I can't imagine it. Oh, my gosh. I, I've run out of topics on that Facebook post. Um, there are only two? No, there's just a bunch. There's just the, the rest aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we need you to join the inner circle. <laughs> for good ideas. We had ads picked out and other stuff. But who cares? We're an hour thirty-four. Well, we got this. I got the next ad up. All right, all right. Uh, this was sent in by Tyson Brown. What is it? After a lot of time and tedious work, the Paisley guitar is finally oh, ready. Oh my god! The body is made of naughty alder, but I ruined it with a Paisley top. Uh, and the neck is hard maple with a rose hard maple <laughs> with a rosewood fretboard. It's outfitted with a Seymour Duncan SH2 Jazz Humbucker. PM for details. Here's or the, information. Here, here's something I'm going to say about this. I, I feel like a lot of homemade custom, in air quotes, guitars uh-huh. turn out this way. And my comparison from my personal experience is the first time I made a surfboard. When you make your first guitar at home with your own ideas and your own parts... You kind of go buck wild. And I kind of did that with the first surfboard I made at home. I did dimensions and I did 
ideas that you don't see in any other commercially available surfboard. And that's what you see a lot in these homemade custom guitars yeah. is ideas and shapes that you've never seen before because like a commercial builder would never do these shapes would never do these features because they already have the experience to know that it's a bad idea. <laughs> and I think this is like a good example of this, of someone with a band saw and the proper word working tools to make technically what is a functional guitar uh-huh. with functionally like decent quality across the woodworking. But because they've never made a guitar before, the shape get just gets wild. And this covers a lot of gu- guitar ads that we cover on this show. The shape gets wild. The concept gets wild. Extra things are done. There's not that disciplined level of restraint that makes a professionally made instrument desirable. And I think this guitar checks a lot of those boxes as a homemade guitar. What do you think? Did I just sum it up? Do we even need to do this ad anymore? I just nailed it. I just feel like Paisley is a little too Shut your damn mouth. Paisley um, is beautiful. But I think that's a that I think to me Paisley like Paisley's the part of this where, that takes me from oh, this is like a thing somebody made in their garage to like, yeah, you tr- The Paisley is not the problem here. The Paisley is not the thing that makes this weird. The shape is what makes it weird, dude. That Customer pa- guitars are always stupid shapes. That's what I'm saying. The, that Paisley top, if you saw that on a Telecaster, you'd be rock hard right Over now. the entire top. No, Paisley Telecasters are always a burst. If you saw that Paisley with a burst around the edges on a Telecaster, you'd be rock hard right now. I'm like seven beers deep, man. So <laughs> Whiskey dick. <laughs> It, it's real. We might have to go get burritos after this. I was banking on that. Oh, shoot. We might have to Uber there. Thanks, Inner Circle. <laughs> um, We're lightweights now. In our first couple of years of podcasting, we'd have to get a lot deeper than this into beers to be Uber level. Maybe you did. Damn, dude. Uh, yeah, the shape... The sh- I mean... Callback, the shape looks like an overcooked piece of fried chicken. <laughs> it looks like I mean, those, it's not a great it looks shape. Like the, like, it looks like the, uh, the, you know, the chest bone of the chicken is sticking out of this one, and, and you know the, uh, the hip bone is sticking out of the, the bottom bout. Like, who comes up with this shape? Like, I don't understand this shape at all, why this shape would be desirable to anyone. Well, the... In, the, uh, the... My wife just texted me and said, if Steve wakes up Edith, he is putting her back to bed. Good luck, dude. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the master bedroom where my baby and my wife are sleeping are right above the garage, by the way. So when we are raising our voice and yelling in our irresponsible way on this New Year's Eve episode or New Year's Eve Eve episode, that is what's going on. So the... Uh... The waste of this guitar. No, this guitar is a waste. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is is very violin esque. Oh well, yeah, well, is, le- the, is well, leaning into that violin cutaway or the, like that cello cutaway on both sides. While the, of the waist. Uh, upper upper arm is 
and lower arm are or the upper arm is very telecaster esque kind of and the lower arm is much reminiscent of a florentine cut les paul i guess also I mean, with a singer single pickup in the not quite neck position combined with a compensated bridge Steve has become very rational at this moment. We know this is a high end. Where's the price for this? I know, right? How much do they want for this dumb thing? Unknown. Yeah, unknown price. What do you think it's worth? Uh, $12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is like, this is county fair level woodworking. Sure. Where it's good looking woodworking. That's what I'm saying. Either, but then the, woodworking. the concept of the guitar that is all wrapped around. Uh, is is pretty amateurish and and kind of weird in that way that I was describing that people mm -hmm. get weird mm -hmm. when they make a guitar at home. Um, I don't know. I have a feeling at a county fair you would see a price tag on this of like twelve hundred dollars, like twenty seven hundred dollars, thirty eight hundred dollars, something like that. But in reality, if you were selling this on your local used app. Craigslist, eBay, whatever, Facebook Marketplace. No one's going to pay more than 300 for this. I can't even find this guy on Facebook anymore. I mean, it's a mid to neck pickup position humbucker guitar with the wraparound bridge. The kind of bridge that's intonatable, but there's no way to know if this is playable in any real way. It's got a weird body. Who knows what it plays like? The headstock looks dumb. It's it's garish and opulent in the wrong direction with this neon blue and purple paisley mm -hmm. and matching fret dot markers that are like an iridescent blue. This is not a guitar that's for everyone. It's going to be a hard sell, especially with it being non-branded and having no provenance of anyone who's known as anyone as a builder. It's, you can't value this thing. The reality is if you're selling it on the used market, it's just not going to fetch very much. You have to get it in people's hands for anyone to value it if it delivers at all as a player. And that's been... That's been the Ryan... Ryan Burke's Antiques Roadshow appraisal of this guitar that i haven't touched myself <laughs> what do you think what's your gut reaction i feel like we're always kind of close on the price of things do you think that that's accurate like 300 bucks is it like that that's the maximum that anyone would pay for this i think this, i think this guy's listing for 500 and he's having people come over and try him out and people you think that you didn't find evidence of that no because i, f I actually did find this guy on facebook Oh, you did find him. Yeah. Did you? Did he have it listed at five hundred? His profile is basically private. Oh shoot. Um. So yeah, I, I will say I kind of like this neck heel that he came up with. This pointed neck heel. There's something fun about that. But that lower horn and that upper horn make this guitar look gross to me. I mean, everything about this is like fast. It's what you, it's what you want, I guess. I don't know what. It's like I'm saying by like by design for a three bolt neck, that bolt implementation is terrible. I real you know, if these were machine screws, uh 
Yeah, but what screws are those? I don't know. They look like wood. They look like the kind of things I try to use to repair my bed. Yeah, they look like big old IKEA screws. Yeah. And then the fact that you have the strap button right in between them means that there's not a lot of wood no, to support those screws. They're too close together. He should have set neck this. I do kind of like that big knot in the back. I think that's fun. But the rest of this, I, I like the paisley pattern for its fun element of it, but it needs a pick guard to break it up. But there's no part of this guitar that wants a pick guard or deserves hey, it. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. Just talk for a bit. Steve's going to go back to the bathroom. Uh, happy New Year, guys. 2020. What's your year look like? If you made it this far on the podcast, you're a hero. I can't believe this thing's going to go probably two hours. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what we've done. This is going to take forever to edit and upload. Uh, why do we do this to ourselves? What time is it right now? It's only nine o'clock. That ain't too bad. I mean, Steve and I have been recording all day. Not all day, but all afternoon and evening. We did uh, the next episode before this one so that we could drink this episode. We're going to need to eat some calories after drinking. This is exciting stuff. So what does your year look like, guys? What are you doing? What's your life look like? What's your uh, career look like? What What are you going to do in 2020 different than you did in 2019? Tell me in the comments section. <laughs> Go over to... Uh, the uh, iTunes reviews and leave us a nice review. We never ask for that. I don't know why I'm asking for it now. I don't think it actually matters. Some podcasts act like it's a big deal. But I don't think it actually matters. Should I leave this in the show or should I edit Steve's bathroom break out of this part? I'm probably not going to edit this out because I don't have time to sit and scrub through this entire episode. We're recording on a Saturday. I've got to publish on Sunday. It's already late at night. Who knows how much time I'll actually have to edit this. And I'm supposed to do family stuff for the holidays on Sunday. What? Yeah. I was just talking about boring stuff. Let's get out of here, dude. All right. This has uh, been a long freaking episode. An hour 46 so far. All right. This song was sent by Matt. He says, hey, guys, great work on the podcast. Love listening to it. I had a suggestion for a topic. As He's well not going to love it after this episode. This episode band. sucks. He says, our band's bass player left, and it's been really tough finding a replacement. Where are all the good slash decent bassists? Why are all bands looking for them? I guess... People are always looking for drummers, too, so the same can apply. Every every town has one bassist and one drummer, and they're in every single band in that yep. town. Is it worth it to investigate going as just a three-piece, two guitars and drums, plus an octave pedal or other things to try to substitute for that low end that a bass player would provide? Have you ever done that? You could do that. Like I'm live? Gonna, I'm going to say you should not do that because the bassist is probably musically the smartest person in a band and they actually hold all that shit 
together. I am definitely the smartest person in any band I've ever been in. Like which, the basis, which, is, which is to say I've only been in bands with Ryan. The bassist in every band I've been in definitely holds the musicality of the band together. And the drummer, oh. too. So keep that in mind before you go willy-nilly running without a bassist. So you're saying everyone should just find Mitch. Mitch is a great bassist. Uh, so our band is called Blue Light Special, and this song, Chains, is the title track to our soon soon-to-be-released EP. For the lead guitar, we both use an Eric Clapton Strat and a real 1972 Tele Thin Line through a hand-wired Vox AC30 with a TC Electronic Flashback 2 for delay. For the rhythm, we used a Gretsch Silver Jet through a real 67 Fender Deluxe Reverb with a Catalan Bread Echo Rec for the delay. Everything was recorded and mixed by us. We got someone who actually knows what they're doing to do the mastering. You know, before we get to this, that, that seems like a common thing that people should just do. Because even like back when we were recording for our own, for your favorite band and for um, the Morning Glass, like Adam, who's like has a musical ear that I definitely like trust beyond all, like he knows what he's listening for. Sure. Would, would farm out the mastering. Yes. Like he would, he would do the, the initial mixing and production for stuff that we recorded and then he would send the mastering to someone else. Yeah. It's a different, um, it's so a different I mean, skill there, set. There's definitely no shame in that. Yeah. Here's a song. It's from Blue Light Special, and it's called Chains. Get better. It's 
We've played uh, music from Blue Light Special before, right? I don't know, have we? I feel like that name is familiar. Well, anyways, bye, everyone. Stay grounded. Wait, you don't have any other thoughts? No. I, 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 Lay it on me, man. The guitar tone on the chorus, I want it to be everywhere. Like that lead, that little like lead like, riff. Like stereo chorus riff. Yeah, but it was like, uh, there was like a little bit of drive. Yeah, yeah. I want that nice. to be everywhere. I want yeah. that all the time. You want it all over your body. Yep. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded.